Hello everybody, welcome to Banana Split episode 13 with a Blade Runner special edition review. We've got Vin, myself, and... Patrick. And David, back again. Yeah, Um, we Feeling weird that I keep coming back every second week. I feel like someone lost a custody battle or something, but you're only allowed me every second weekend um, or anything like that. But it is odd, but I I tend to end up on all the odd episode numbers. Um, But, you know, there's three of us. That's an odd number. Um, There's... Three is an odd number. Um, there's three sides to a triangle. Uh, we sit in a triangle. Uh, Illuminati confirmed. So, and fittingly enough, Vin's sitting here with a white bowl filled with chocolate. Yes, so just for me. But um, you're the banana. You've got the white bowl, and you've got the chocolate. And in the it chocolate is coloured so. brown, by the way, just symbolising David arrival. Um, but today, I'm I'm so happy that all of us are here because we've all recently seen Blade Runner 2049, starring Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, directed by Jean. What's his name? The French guy? Yeah. Oh, um, John Villeneuve. Okay. Thank Villeneuve. you. I should Villeneuve. bring it up on IMDb and just so we don't make any I more mistakes. I saw it on Thursday on the day of release in Parramatta. Um, and again, there were a lot of Habibis around me who half of them didn't get what the heck was going on. Where did you watch it, Parramatta? Event Cinemas, That's yeah. That's why I don't go there. I had the same issue. I watched it in Campbelltown and... A lot of the, it was yeah. basically like not a lot of Blade Runner fans. I just thought, oh yeah, action sci-fi thing. Ryan yeah. Gosling, Harrison Ford, and yeah, like there were there people a, asleep around me. There's a fair bit of action. In I was going to say after an hour, slow. there was a guy loudly snoring um, on the right side, and everyone wow. looked at him every two minutes. Because if it was that loud, I would have kicked him out. It, it ruined a bit of the dialogue and action. I would have done a fireman carry out the door. Bye. Yeah, Especially but then he like he that. stopped once he woke up after the two-hour mark. <laughs> which is a long film like it's two hours it's, and 40 it's, minutes it's almost yeah. three hours yeah, yeah. and um, I was shifting my butt every single time uh, shifting my posture because I was I was getting a bit fatigued because it is a slow burner as they say in the in the news articles it is not that typical Marvel-esque Hollywood-fied film um, in fact I, I would akin to it to a high concept film it's like seeing a high concept car where people wouldn't understand it initially but after some time they can understand the ideas and the potential that it has um, it for for me, uh, what I loved about it first of all was the very visually striking color palette, very strong use of uh, red hues, gray mid tones, and uh, I found the cinematography to be uh, beautifully uh, filmed. Um, Shout out to Roger Deakins, um, like I love his work, and hopefully was that the cinematographer. Yes, okay. and hopefully, like hopefully, like everyone talks about Leonardo DiCaprio way, being robbed of Oscars. Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Um, yeah, Roger Deakin, like, he's been nominated 13 times um, for, like, recently Sicario and Skyfall, like, but, like, pretty much all the Coen Brothers movies, uh, or Brother, were out there, True Grit, um, oh, what was the other one? Oh, he's got the chops, he's still yes, got a long and, resume like, always nominated, but he's never won that Academy Award, and if he doesn't win it this year for Blade Runner 2049, that's, that's a crime, that is, because Dead Set, the visuals and cinematography in this film alone is worth the price of admission. Now, I, I know Blade Runner is a, a mainstream film, but I'm pretty sure I, ha- I have high confidence it will be nominated for an Academy Award, where it's visual effects, sound sound and music, I think composed by Hans Zimmer, yep. the man. Um, the music was very haunting and just captured me and drew me into that universe um, of this bleak, uh, period of, of just like heavy digital consumption of electronics and digital media. Um, I love how they built, uh, especially they, they copied the grungy Hong Kong style in the streets. And I think Ryan Gosling was eating noodles or, or some Chinese food at one point, Japanese food. Um, but then 
again, the costume design is brilliant. Everything about it is absolutely amazing. Um, it's just not for everybody. Would you agree, Patrick or David? Yes. Yeah, well, it's like the original Blade Runner wasn't for everyone as well. It is a, a high-budget art house film. Um, Blade Runner is just one of those names synonymous with the 80s, though, that people just think, oh, yeah, Blade Runner. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I liked it and enjoyed that. It was an underperforming cult hit yes. that only made money, if any, in the... Um, the re-releases. Of, yeah, the DVDs and stuff. And, yeah, so uh, when it went... It's a bit like sort of Zoolander and quite a few other underperforming films that became popular yeah. in later years where the sequel just hasn't... It's, well, it's popular now, so everyone's going to come out and watch. And, but there's got to be enough interest other than... Like, a, a lot of the fans are going to be older. They might have kids they have to go get babysitters for. It's got to be compelling enough to warrant that. And, you know, there was no plot details revealed in the trailers other than, you know, a moody, atmospheric score and visuals. But, you know, and there's two leads, which aren't... I don't know if either of them have, are still famous enough. Well, Harrison Ford's kind of... Not big enough anymore to carry a movie on his he's own. He's having a bit of a renaissance, in and all honesty. And he's not in it until like an hour and a half into it. Yeah, what I, I don't know. Like he was in Star Wars, and but that's a huge ensemble cast. But just like just like his performance of Han Solo in The Force Awakens, you could tell like he was acting and he cared. He wasn't phoning it in. And in Blade Runner, he mm. as Deckard, like yeah. he is passionately acting um for it. and goslin's performance is just amazing um a lot of directors who do cyberpunk and neo-noir mm. um it all comes back to blade runner everything from the matrix to ghost in the shell um everything we sort of love and aspire to take now yeah. all drills from blade runner and i can see this movie becoming that instant classic again to inspire mm. more filmmakers more cinematographers uh that cyberpunk neo i think like you know it's this is 2017 like we're two years off from the original yeah. years of the first blade runner Correct. movie and now it's just like okay this is what we can achieve now with cgi they, they were still so i loved how um uh, loyal they were to like the technology and the brands they used in the original movie to continue on like they use Pan Am and Atari, um, Atari these brands it's, you know, that no longer ca- carry gravity um, in today's society but in yeah. that universe still like the USSR is still continuing on in um, Blade Runner 2049 is it? yeah um, the advertising build wards it's like oh, made in the it. CCP Soviet Union that's really the Russians yeah. yes um, oh Jesus just those little details that's a thing that's this movie I don't want to rewatch. um like I experienced in the cinema it's like one of those things is like I'm not going to get that experience again yeah. I can watch it again for the little details mm. uh, for cinematography and I think it really needs to be watched in the cinema though yeah I, I don't want to watch in the cinemas again because that mm. loudness with the music the it slow is, pacing how yeah. the music builds up and sets tone my 8 year old was covering his ears in some oh, it's, yeah, it's, some it's yeah it's it's beautiful um, and one of the most beautiful things in the movie um, not just the cinematography and the lighting and the angles um, I have to shout out to um, um, the and the um, hologram girlfriend of Ryan Gosling what's her name? Joey Joey J-O-I I don't think they actually say her name properly Joey Joey is, yeah. is that the character name or actress name? Uh, her name is um, uh, Anna De Armas. yeah Anna Darmus she's this beautiful Cuban actress she Cuban? yeah man She's, she's very, very she's hot. A, yeah, oh my god. Easy on the she, eyes. She's a Cuban spiced yum, my friend. Yeah. And my god, like I could I leant forward every scene she was in. She was like that 
perfect like that's, that's pretty woman that was just like oh my god you were so beautiful and just the love that uh ryan gosling's character has for her like you felt it for her and she's just this artificial construct of like you know she's a product like you know she's a, right. a popular brand product like like in the movie her but like yeah it's very kin to her isn't her. it um There's a lot of parallels yes yes um cuban spice rum more like but I, I love um, I don't want to say say any particular scenes because it's spoilers unless we put on the podcast that it's spoiler alert I would say there's there's a lot of references to the original Blade Runner with either, either returning like actors or items of things or there's, yeah so there's obviously like they reference characters and the events of the first film do play a part of the investigation of mm. this plot um, but it's told so well in this movie you don't need to have seen Blade Runner to know what's going on yeah but it yeah. would help to watch the two short films that were made to accompany this mm, one yes that like, are yeah. set in between they refer to an event that it's happened like the, that sort of like affected everything that. yes yeah. um, that's really cool yeah um, also really loved um, beginning of the film um, uh, I love Batista's performance it's really good in yeah. this movie like uh, that guy um, is like he showed some serious acting in this film. He's not he's not just a muscle head, you know. It's yeah. like everyone knows him as Drax, you know, the comedy foil um, guy who can. But like, yeah, just being a serious um, uh, monotone so character. Much in his yes, and I'm just film. like, you know, he's getting away from like, you know, people want to shape him as the next rock, you know, wrestler turned actor who can That's be right. a muscle head um, and stuff like that. But knows how to make fun of himself. But no, he actually showed some acting chops that we didn't get to see in movies like Spectre. Um, so I'm mm. looking for, I'm looking forward to Dave Batista's um, yeah. growth. I made an error. It's three short films. Um, Blade Runner 2049 is the name of this one. Yep. But before that, you've got to watch Blackout 2022. Yep. Then uh, 2036 Nexus Dawn. Yep. And 2048 Nowhere to Run. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that like I only saw the original Blade Runner and this one. I missed out on the... Um, 2047 um, other movie sequels. Mm. Mm. So I don't know how I'm going to watch them. He's the same guy that did the stuff for Animatrix. So not only are they yeah, doing the same concept, yes, um, yeah, he did um, he did one of the Animatrix um, specials. Um, well, so I don't that's, know where that's a you while can ago. They might be online or something, but I'll, I might wait for the 4K. Yeah, Warner Brothers, I think Warner Brothers released them um, yeah. digitally. Okay. Um, for free, either for YouTube or their yeah. website. Well, I will have to go look that up. Yeah, you can do 4K YouTube. So. There'll there'll be obviously special features on the Blu-ray release of yeah. tw- of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, yeah. uh, director's cut, and then mm. Blade Runner twenty forty nine final cut, and then. Um, and we can't then the go Dennis without cut. mentioning the fact that Harrison Ford did actually punch him in the face. There's a sequence where they're fighting, and there's lots of punching. Um, I won't. Get, yeah, it would maybe plot reveal to. Even with that fight, I could reveal some things. But basically, Ryan Gosling cops a fist to the face without any... Like, it was... And you can tell that it must have hurt. And um, apparently later on, uh, Harrison Ford took him a bottle of whiskey and gave him a glass. Not the whole bottle, but... No. Jared Leto's not the only method actor in that film. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, he, he was very yeah, well in that movie as well. he that made him blind. For a month, yep. Yeah, so he was blind in uh, those scenes. Yep. Which uh, it didn't, i got to admit, he's got these weird camera floaty things that hang around. I thought there were other people, like his stock, like board members or something, watching what was going on. Like he's going, hey, show us this new model. And 
there's all these kind of weird little cameras floating around. I think they were just to enhance his senses. Yeah, I imagine one thing, but yeah, his, that wasn't maybe they were his eyes. Clearly explained. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I like that um, yeah. Um, aspect. Yeah, like um, yeah, like the set design in this, um, like his office and stuff. Mm. I really love that of whole wood, like, which is obviously to impress people because wood's super expensive. Um, one of the, I don't know if you could call it a MacGuffin, but um, Ryan Gosling has this little wooden horse. And uh, he takes it somewhere as part of the investigation, and the guy basically says, "You could buy." You're rich. You, you know, have yeah. wood. Yeah, you buy a dog. The or natural something. resources of the world are um, um, gone. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, it's just like his office. Like you know, it's like I want my office to have a pool on top of it, so it just has that watery light effect over the floors and walls. Every like, mm. my god, like. But the colors are so akin to the original Tyrell Corporation, like yep. the, the pyramid scheme. And, uh, pyramid scheme. Pyramid you mean the pyramid scheme. building? Yeah. Um, I don't think he made uh, his money through a pyramid. No, scheme. it was a pyramid that had a scheme going on. He didn't, have, he didn't have membership with buying replicants or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. But um, again, um, this is not a major spoiler, but I'll say it anyway. Um, they they have done like shot for shot compared to the original. If you've seen the original Blade Run, they've done they've done the opening sequence with the eyes, and then it's overseeing Tyrell Corporation with with the pyramid and the mm. uh, like the architecture. It's done similarly in this film, but in a much more clever way. Uh, so just have a check out for it, guys, because there's strong use of symbolism, very strong use of uh, imagery with regards to the eyesight, uh, animals, um, religious iconography, uh, identity, the spirit, the soul, the concept of, of what it means to be human, of course. And and it's just so beautiful. It's it's, it's like poetry in motion. Um, and the best part about it is it's it's this non-linear narrative storytelling. It's not your typical Marvel film, as I said again. And when you contrast it to all the films that we've seen this year thus far, this is just a standout. And I can see why the critics gave it 90% plus on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, um, the Rotten Tomatoes effect, unfortunately, in this case, didn't. Um, work as intended or as it usually does where... it generally doesn't with the pain public unfortunately mm. it's like we pay attention to the Metacritic scores and Rotten Tomato scores it's like you know when we get when, when you know we're very protective of our nostalgia so when it's like oh why you know when this movie got announced we're all like why are you making another Blade Runner why, why are you touching perfection and then this movie literally proved everyone wrong like, this sequel I mean is, really Scott uh, was directing it until he Alien Covenant got too close yeah and he's, and he he's still on hand produced on and yeah. helped and like yeah he used a, a Denise uh, Villeneuve his work in Arrival like my god like mm. that movie like, and um, Sicario like I love um, those two movies um, and like yeah it's like he is sort of like that modern day uh, and Drive legendary director uh, the uh, other Ryan Gosling film he did yeah. <laughs> which I like too it wasn't for everyone I don't think any of his movies are crowd pleasers but they're certainly Gonna last a it's, lot it's true it's just say. like um, the last obviously La La Land last year's mm. big Ryan Gosling film the general movie public's been going in oh, it's a big romantic comedy about the golden era of Hollywood it's like no this is actually a very very well done um, uh, movie about um, uh, people's pursuits of uh, happiness and what they use and like mm. you know it's like choosing uh, love over what you need Still have to watch like that being people's muses to like to for people to finally achieve what they want the success they want um, a fantastic film just like you know his original mm. film Whiplash apparently it has a sad ending no I, the interpretation it's like it's not it's not the happy you know no spoiler alert yeah, I, it's I not haven't a happy seen either. romantic comedy ending right yeah but um Apparently on Facebook, some people didn't like Blade Runner at all because it's the complete opposite of... of it's not 
I put air quotes. It's not Hollywood fired. In, yeah, I would I would argue that Blade Runner one was more Hollywood fired. Like it's actually more linear. Um, he's actually chasing criminals that you see, um, and it's like cut and dry. But there are moment, pocket, pockets of high concept stuff. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. you've seen on Facebook there were some disagreements with uh, how the film was made. Well, there was one girl, I won't mention her name because I don't know if she'd be comfortable with that, but basically, she, it was funny because they both came from different angles, like Henry Long, and I know he, he'd love to have his name thrown out there, is a, an attention whore, but he basically um, said it was too slow and, you know, why is everyone liking this? I'm going to go back and watch Transformers again. So, you know, he's a guy that prefers his explosions nice and loud and the plot as thin as possible. Whereas um, the other friend was like, mm, maybe if you like Marvel and basic superhero movies, then you'll like this. But it's there's not enough talk about philosophy and in, in what you were just saying, which, yeah, I, I don't think everyone would agree with her on that one, and, which is I had to sort of restrain myself a little bit. It's not spoken. Like, what? It's not spoken. Yeah, it's shown. It's you can, shown. It's shown. You can be against gay marriage, but you can't disparage my favorite film, you know, because it's always been Blade Runner. And now I think it might be the the sequel. Well, I'm going to see them both up there in that pantheon. Well, it does. It is a worthy successor. Well, so. to add what um, Vin was saying earlier, like yeah, Hollywood, the the Hollywood executives really, literally took the original Blade Runner and like made it a bit more actually added narration from Harrison Ford and added yeah. the happy ending. Um, at the end and like it was like and that studio learned there's just like the cult following and the build up of the 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 director's cut and the final uh, the final cut uh, released by Ridley Scott it's just like this is what audience want this is you know give us you know the original um, take and the artistic freedom to think for ourselves we don't need all this expedition um, exposition exposition right. yeah that I can think for ourselves um, and basically plot and figure out the plot ourselves and you can take away the basic plot of this guy's hunting replicants and is, is, is investigating this to find out what happened here you can take that if you just take that away from it you're still going to enjoy this movie but then there's extra layers of mm. the meaning of life and purpose why these replicants sort out freedom um, what this world it was is a simpler story our history. in a way that helped it make it more pure in terms of it came down to that basic want of those replicants that did survive, like Rutger, um, Roy Batty. Yep. And uh, I think, yeah, when it came down to the wire, it was just him and one. Maybe the other memorable one is uh, um, Daryl Hannah, her character. Pris. Yep. Pris, yeah. Um, they really stand out, and um, especially with his um, ad-libbed lines, which just, for me, really made he wrote, the film. Yeah, he wrote his own speeches. Like, wow, those that was ad yeah, 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 it's like, yeah. It's That's like, incredible. Yeah, yeah it's like, like and tears like, in English rain. English is definitely not his... Uh, back then, in the 70s, um, when he started acting, like, the, the Dutch people weren't as... Like, uh, right now, like, and I lived there a few years ago, they've all got better English than we do. But back in the 60s and 70s, I don't think that was necessarily the case across the board. So to, when he got to America, it was very rudimentary with his English and then it got better and better and he did that film The Hitcher which is amazing mm. and then I guess that was enough it was the, the menace in that was enough to put him into Blade Runner and um, yeah it just wow that guy's I met I saw him once at a he had some it was either a Blade Runner Final Cut premiere at the cinema or some other film I can't remember but he did the whole red carpet thing in, on George Street and it was quite something to see no him. way he was yeah, there yeah he was there get so out he of got here to, Catch his eye. Holy shit, I geek out, man. Yeah, 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 it was pretty cool. 
So I feel sorry for any red carpet event that happens at Event Cinema George Street. Yeah. Why? It's like because they got to walk past a time zone. <laughs> <laughs> and a hungry jacks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not exactly glamorous, it's is it? Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a bit. pretty seedy. It mm. could be worse. Could be King's Cross. Um, yeah. So that's uh, you don't want to go to the thing. cinemas in King's Cross, mate. We we're talking about the story. Yeah. So it was just about his existential crisis and wanting to live on, and then confronting his creator. You know, and it was that whole allegory of God and man, and you know, I want to live forever, which we also do, unless you're one of those silly people that denies it and says no. We live at 80 or to 100 years and that's it. That's what's natural. Yeah. Where, you know, I hear people saying that all the time. And it's like, well, not really. We've only been living that long for about a century. For most of humanity's existence, we've dropped off at about 40. And, you know, back when we were living longer, when we first started getting into old age and people freaking out and going, well, oh, that's a bit unnatural. So I think probably in a few centuries at least, it'd be nice if it was in our lifetime, but... Um, yeah, people will be living a lot, lot longer. And I think people get really attached to the whole idea of being alive. And probably the longer you live, the more you'll want to have a legacy and it'll be, you know, there'll be more ego involved in, you know, having being an individual because the whole thing is that keeps us going now is like, well, we'll have kids or we'll have some kind of legacy, that primal drive. you know, related to our art. Like I'm in through films or I've written a book or... I'll leave a song or whatever else it is or just the fact that I've had a lot of friends and my memory will live on in friends and family and that's enough for most people. Yeah, that's their impact. Um, whereas if we're living, say, three to 400 years, then you're going to have a bunch of kids and they're going to have kids and then you're all going to just kind of drift away because, you know, <laughs> how long can you just keep pumping out kids? The world would just suddenly have, like, the most complicated family tree yeah, it would end up like Iceland, where everyone has to have an app on their phone, which tells them um, whether the person they're about to date is related to them. Ha! Because it's that's great. You know, they've only got three hundred thousand people or something. Um, um, but yeah. it does beg the question of if we're able to live a lot longer or even forever, it's it's the, our primal purpose has changed from mate and replicate to to uh, put our genes forward into something entirely different. Um, but mm. I want to go back to the uh, the symbolism uh, for Blade Runner 1. I was just reading on the Wikipedia because I'm just too stupid to like look at the symbols like for my first viewing. Uh, do you guys notice the, the origami? Um, every time mm. the, the Blade Runner uh, partner did the origami, so when he did the chicken, um, obviously he, he felt that it's 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 way every time he does the origami, it's a way to taunt Deckard. Um, oh yeah, every the, part the, of the animal is yeah. significant. It's like, you yeah, know, I know what's in your dreams. So the the chicken was like him being a coward, and then when he met uh, Rachel at the Tyrell Corporation, he made a man with an erection for like obviously attraction, which plays into what? Yeah, that, yeah. And then at the end, he made a unicorn, which I don't know if I've only seen the final cut, so I saw that sequence where Deckard was dreaming of the unicorn. Yeah. Yep. So it made the implication that maybe he had implanted memories yep. that the Blade Runner partner saw. Or... But you know Harrison Ford never liked that idea. That yeah, and, and, and what's his name? Um, <laughs> I don't even know the director's name. Uh, Ridley Scott, he made, he he flip-flopped over the years, hey, and now mm. he's, like, he's like definitely Harrison Ford is a replicant. But um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Um, is it definite well, that he's a replicant? Well, they don't really reveal it in this either. Um, well, yes, so it's, movie, a, it's an unanswered question which is good. in the sequel. I'm glad they did that. As much as it annoys me, it's like a David Lynch film. It's like, I wish I knew what was going on there, but it's kind of cool that I don't. So, And I don't know how pretentious that is, but um, I like how they leave it up to you to sort of decide based on 
all the cryptic evidence that they give. And it doesn't, in the end, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, the issues are still the same and the story is still... And that's mm. what he says, I think, because like he's that. asked yeah. at one point, and I don't want to give away too much, but, but yeah, he's sort of... Because I know what's real or something like that. Yeah, either um, side of the coin, you'll still enjoy the, the film nonetheless, uh, story-wise. Um, but I, I love the use of eyes because eyes is like the windows to one soul. So it's like the replicants are trying to find um, their human soul and compatibility. And, and um, I just the way that... Uh, what's his name? Roy? Batty. Batty. The first one, yeah. Yeah. Um, killed Tyrell by stuffing yep. his eyes. Like mm, killing his eyes. So. his eyes out and crushing his skull. That's yeah. brutal. And but then, yeah, going back to that, like it was all about just we want to live on and what does that mean and so on. With this one, it was more a con- not conventional plot, but it was certainly more of an intricate plot heavy chasing down the rabbit hole what happened here because he you know his task with finding out to basically track down a certain replicant and it's a very tortuous convoluted uh, journey to get there to find this um, character and um, I think that's it's a lot more plot heavy than the first one yes and that has its it's the same screenwriters as well from the original is it? Um, yeah okay. from interpretations from Philip K. Dick's um, original mm. book um, was it do, do it's funny that it took them a long time to write it and when they wanted a, a redraft or a treatment it was like he just said no that's what you're getting he, he sent them a novella and they he just said that's what you're using deal with it and um, so. it's like as I want to point out the marketing of this film to avoid a lot of the um, uh, spoilers because nowadays we watch a trailer and we feel mm. like we already know Which how half stand. the film is going to go a lot of films I haven't bothered watching because well, yeah it's like um, there was just announced today uh, the director of um, Last Jedi has mm. actually gone out in public just today saying if you want to avoid spoilers do not watch the next trailer for Last mm. Jedi I'm not going to watch I'm it I'm not going to watch it's it it's going to be really man. hard to watch it hard is because avoid, because it'll I, be on Facebook it'll be on all the I could avoid cinemas, Facebook and I could avoid clicking on YouTube but then it's like all the um, what do you do when you go entertainment to news websites the thing mm. like they can't help but report they have to that, that is that is clickbait for them yeah. that is what they need to report on um, and it's going to be very hard to like I'll, it will just be a screen capped image on a video that will just show something that I don't want to see yeah um, you know it's going to be hard as long as it's not a main character dying or something or a meme that and that's 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 why you have to go watch stuff straight away because instantly memes are thrown up, you know, revealing all these. Yeah. Like what got... happened with um, Han Solo, that was out like the next day with all the Kylo Ren memes and his yeah. dad, and it was just like, oh. Yeah, I watched I watched um, the um, Force Awakens like after work, which is mm. there was all the midnight premieres on Wednesday, yeah. um, and then I watched it Thursday night afterwards, and I was able to avoid spoilers mm. um, uh, for it or anything like that. But then it's like. But then there's just spoilers that just come out. Like um, there was some type of award show or presentation a couple of months ago, and it revealed who Ray is. Oh, okay. I'm glad I've missed that. Yeah, and it was just like, oh man, come on! I wanted to find it's that Kenobi, organic she's movie Kenobi's daughter. within the um, uh, confines of the the cinema. It's Ewan McGregor's daughter, I think. Ewan McGregor's daughter. That's yeah. One theory. Okay. How do you know that? Or is it just... oh, no, I read that somewhere. I heard it somewhere, please but I'm not sure. Like he, he actually to... seems to have, please, have a fairly clear memory of this awards night and what happened. But <laughs> no. I'm just reaching back kind of into like um, one of the worst trailers I've seen was Terminator Genesis, which revealed like basically the flip or the twist. I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah, the, the beginning was. Oh, that's so the other strong. big news. They're, yeah. re- they're doing a Terminator Three. It basically starts as soon as Terminator 2, Two. finished yeah. and it yeah. ignores every single other 
but it has the writer from the TV series, Sarah Connor. I love the and Sarah Connor And it's got Connor the proper Sarah Connor in it, Linda yep. Hamilton. Linda She's Hamilton. back. Yep. I don't know why they left her out so long, but... It was her yeah. choice. She, she chose like not to come back in three. Yeah. Um, and then Good choice. She did. That she did. She lended her voice to um, Salvation yep. for the recordings for John. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was a good movie. Yeah. Everyone trashed it, but I, I was I, like, I liked it. I, 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 I liked it, man. But that Salvation suffered from the same thing as Genesis. They gave the plot spin in the trailer that oh, yeah. Sam Worthington's character yeah. was a Terminator a or was, was a cyborg. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, be- the beginning was so strong. I was like, yeah, we're going to go back in time and kick ass. Yeah. And then, oh, shit in the trailer. And I knew it was going to happen. I'm like, this just fucked me over. I couldn't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. Um, mm. But I'm, I'm ha- very happy about one thing about um, ethnic uh, representation. There was an Asian Terminator, this oh, Korean yeah, guy. Yeah, Terminator. Was yep. it three? The T-1000. No, yep. no, no, Genesis. Yep. He was the T-1000. Genesis, <laughs> he okay. was the T-1000. I'm very happy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Asians represent. Yes, actually, yeah, actually, as a, as a, I actually did enjoy it was Genesis. In it for, what, Twelve seconds before he got killed. No, two minutes. All right, two minutes. Right, and I actually, li- I like the Amelia Clark's performance of um, Sarah Connor. I reckon she did very she well. Good, Even yeah. Jai Courtney was decent as Carl Reese. It's he's a bit. Um, he's bland, still Jai Courtney, but um, yeah. Like, was he in Suicide Squad? Yeah, he was Captain yeah. Boomerang. Yeah, and I just It'll always oh. been Boomerang to me. It's so Aussie, man. He did that accent. It sounded like an American trying to do an Australian accent. I don't know. He's an Australian trying to do a uh, euthanized Australian, what Americans think we do sound like. Mm. Even though, you know, in every TV show and movies, all the Americans, are, all the American heroes are played by either Brits or Australians. Yeah, I wonder how long we've been doing that. Like, well, it was Mel Gibson, but, you know, he's still born well, Mel in Gibson was born, yeah, he was born in New York and then came oh. to Australia. Um, but, I mean, it was more sort of late 90s when that started. Back in the 80s and early 90s, it was British people playing villains, like Jeremy Irons and... Um, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Great one. Um, and then, yeah... Like, Nottingham and Die Hard. And then some, I think the, the late Curry. 90s, early 2000s, like, you know, you had Hugh Jackman, um, you know, Australian... And then, like, you know, Christian Bale playing a lot of, you know, a lot of American characters. Um, so he's British, right? He's British. It's so... Yeah. He's done so many American movies where you have to sort of go, hey, Yeah. <laughs> But Tom Hardy's, Tom Hardy's played like very British characters um, himself. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, did you ever see that one where he plays like a bootlegger and it's got uh, Tom Hardy and has that real method actor that went a bit crazy in Transformers and Shia was in Raiders. Shia LaBeouf. That's a really good movie. Yeah. Lawful or something. Lawless. Yeah. Well, I have to look it up. It. So many movies. Yeah. No, but that's really good. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's maybe the same guy that did Fury, but it's... That's up there. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, how do you how do you want to sum up your review of Blade, Blade Runner? I think we just ex- vomited up. Just man. Like, I know we've just started. Just like <laughs> what we love about the film, but like mm. you know, we're trying to avoid the plot as much as we can for it. But like I mean, generally, just like how would you sell this movie to convince not just our fellow nerds listening, all mm. all twelve of them? Um, but um, thanks guys. Yeah, <laughs> we love we love it. You know, if they talk, well, let's call them apostles. I mean, we have a dozen fans, so they're our apostles. Is that um, how many likes the Facebook page has at this uh, point? <laughs> in, um, what are we? Are we no October two thousand seventeen? Just throw that time Um Yeah. Well, What's going I, on in our lives. Look again. I'll say it again. Blade Runner is a highly uh, plot-driven, high-concept, visually stunning film with strong sound design. Uh, s- strong acting and then just a beautiful uh, it's a beautiful gaze in, in, into the, 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 the themes of soul humanity uh, raw emotion and beauty and and what it means to be loved and 
I just fell in love with it. My eyes weren't peeled from the screen. So if you want to mm-hmm. have like a, if if you have a choice to go to the MCA to like look at artworks and museums and shit, just skip that for now and just see Blade Runner in event cinemas for God's mm-hmm. sake. Um, that that's your daily dose of art um, on on a moving screen. Um, so I give it, I'm gonna give it eight point eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. That's that's my review. Well, nice. yeah. Solid. What about you, Pat? Um, yeah, same. He didn't write that down. That was all off the cuff. So it was impressive. Um, it's a meditative quality to it. It's almost like a foreign film made with Hollywood money, um, which I, you know, have the patience for. Not everyone does. So a lot of friends are like, you know, falling asleep or whatever. But for me, maybe it was watching the first one that's given me that. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia to it for me, but it also taps into something else. Like I'll listen to really um, esoteric uh, vocal trance and groups like M83 mm. and and it sort of taps into that sort of future it's just glimmering on the horizon and it's like that might be a dark version of the future but it still has all these mysterious elements and fantastical the 80s um, is always about those dystopian potential. futures and societies yeah. that we love and now every future movie now is just ugh. the same mate it's just these sterile like oh look apple's everything now like, you know, <laughs> white well work. yeah it's either full on my mad max um, everything's gone to shit and it's mm. roving bands of lunatics yeah. or it's you know like you said that Gadiga sterile yeah. um, you know everything's just like minimalist Tron yep. kind of clean look mm. whereas I think Blade Runner effectively combines the two to a degree the grittiness like he, and darkness of like how the early 80s yeah, saw the, that consumerism the, the Japanese and Asian culture taking over both the financial world and mm. the cultural world yeah. um, and, and then just like yeah just the, the effects on the planets of just like how and how the environment was affected in Los Angeles um, alone yeah. in 1982. Um, sort of low thing. Um, but yeah, um, what's your rating? What's your star rating? Or um, If I have to give it one, so we're going the usual out of 10, um, I'll go maybe 11. 11? Yeah. Yep. Because wow. um, I would just, like you said, you wouldn't go back to the cinema. I would go back to the cinema purely for the soundscape that it creates and the, the contemplative navel-gazing mood that it puts me in. And it, really takes me outside of my head, but also at the same time. Well, it sends me down a weird rabbit hole. I wouldn't mind going to watch it again, maybe with some chemical assistance, but I don't know how or <laughs> when I would... I don't really we, have... We don't Blacktown Cinema. That yeah. <laughs> it's not something space. I do generally, but you know, if I was ever going to watch a movie while under the influence of something, then that would be up at the top of the list. Wow, um, eleven out of ten sounds yeah, like it's so, your top three films like, of all time. See, the thing about this this review system is, if you want to go up to ten, but this one this one goes up to eleven. Yeah, it's, it's a bit it's a bit more than your normal review score. Well, why don't you just make ten a bit more of a stronger opinion about the review? But this review goes up to eleven. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's the not, it's not many, fans there. Not many, I've got to say, I'm, and it's a little bit biased because of. You know, like I said, it's my favorite film for like whatever now, thirty-eight years. Yeah. So, well, oh. okay, I didn't watch it when I was born. They didn't bring it out. They didn't wheel a TV into. You the, don't need um, to be there day one, man, to appreciate. Yeah, something. yeah. So let's see. Well, I mean, it came out after I was born, but you know what I mean. It's for as long as I can remember. Cinema, young whippersnapper, Pat. Yeah, I don't remember got, the day. Got that I shiny it. laser disc with yeah. the. Yeah. Um, hey, mom. Oh, they were doing laser discs. Yeah. It wasn't in the cinema. It was a DVD, and it was. Just, yeah, it really stuck in my mind. But unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it in the cinema when it came out because I would have been a toddler. But, um, 
I do remember watching it in Melbourne when they did the final cut with a, with my cousin and walking around spaced out of my head for about an hour afterwards. So there's that. And there's a few movies that I can only, I can count on one hand the number of movies where I've walked out of it. And i got to admit, most of them were in the 90s because that's when I was a bit younger and a bit more sort of impressionable. But yeah, Once Were Warriors left me shell-shocked. Yep. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Yep. Um, they're, they're sort of the, the two main ones. And going further back, then it's probably for less elevated reasons like oh you know days of thunder i remember running around the block a few times trying to crash into walls but that's probably not for as uh pro- the reasons for that are more prosaic like it was just the adrenaline rush whereas as you get older it's like oh what else am i getting out of this exactly so as yeah and the older you get the harder it is for a film to hit all those notes and yeah not for everyone but for me it did hit uh for me to sum it up basically if hollywood is going to sp- pretty much given up making original um, films um, and they're going to go back to all the nostalgia well. This is how you do a proper sequel um, to a well-loved property. It could have um, been so much worse. Property, exactly. Like, yeah, you, you get the people who were involved in the original, you get um, filmmakers and talent who are in love with this and you take your time with it and when Hollywood steps back to let it become its own thing because they learned from their mistakes from the original. This is how you think. This is how you get Mad Max for your road. This is mm. how you get Blade Runner 2049. Um, and it's like, you know, from every, for every, it's for every Baywatch reboot we get or like, you know, 80s things of like, you know, Transformers and um, Voltron and everything that's going to be coming out. Like, Are they doing Voltron? Well, obviously the TV show and series. and like, Who knows mm. if they're going to make a live action Voltron, but no. they're going to do like, you know, if they ever make, you know. I know they're doing a live action Lion King. Yep. Yeah. Disney's learned that, like, well, we just got to dip into our golden renaissance yeah. uh, to get our money. So this is this is how you do it properly. So I'd give it a nine point seven um, out of ten. Um, it is slow, but it is the consistency of both the original film and it's constant throughout the whole um, film. Um, there was one scene that just annoyed me a bit of the amount of exposition put into it, but that's because mm. it's referring to a mini film. Yeah. Um, before it and there's a few plot holes yes like I've seen there, mentioned. there are many plot holes but I think but they're to, left there to explore to your... point them out now would re- spoil yes, it yes but it's yeah um, but yeah it's like I, I I highly recommend anyone you need to see this in the cinema yeah. that sound that surround sound um, the big screen uh, don't wait for it to be on Netflix uh, please go support this film um, tell yeah. you know you gotta you gotta let Hollywood know with your dollars um, that like this is the type of content we want um, for our future films and future franchises. Yeah, please go watch it and spend money. This yep. is definitely a masterpiece that you have to see in the cinema just for the sound effects and the music and the like visceral quality this, alone. This movie is, is going incredible. to be taught in film, in school. Like I did, I did Blade Runner in, I can't remember if it was year mm-hmm. 10 or year 11. We did that in high school as well. Yeah, and and like you got a, to do film in high school? Like so film literature, no, I've yeah. English. It's just like they, you know, wow. usually there's yeah. a film. One term you usually do a film. Okay, we, we didn't did get that. Blade Runner. The other English team did Truman Show. Uh, we had to read The Outsiders and Shakespeare, and that was. Oh good. yeah, there's always a Shakespeare term. Yeah, um, but like but yeah, there's usually like Truman some... Show was great. Yeah, yeah. Blade Runner. Um, um, but yeah, this is basically our, our modern classic for the times. You yeah, know? Blade, Blade mm. Runner one of the eighties. Now it's this of the twenty tens. Uh, so go see it. Uh, vote with your money, and yeah. please, it, it, it's it's worth seeing at least one time in the cinema. And uh, I, I, want to, I want to point out, um, I don't know if I'd see it in the cinema again because you would lose that first time quality. Yeah. Mm. Um, so all of this... Well, did you watch it in 3D? No. Well, I, I watched it, I watched it It'll in be 2D. a new experience in 3D. I, I watched it in 3D <laughs> and, oh my God, the snow was coming through the screen and 
I, I compare it to The Last of Us. It's that game where I love it so much and I can replay it over. But that first mm. experience where I didn't know what was going in, every little step and every revelation was pure. And, th- and th- I'm not going to get that back. Um, true, true. Uh, for I mean, so. it's not going to be as... You'll do it for different reasons. Yes. You won't get... It's like a drug almost in a way. Like you'll build up a tolerance to a degree, but I still yeah, think you're always yeah, going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, so what, what, anything else has happened in um, Nerd News or um, we've just been Blade Runner well, out? Because like... Yeah, <laughs> 100% of it was Blade Runner basically. Well, in terms of events, there's PAX next week. Uh, the end kind of this month. A couple of weeks, yeah, end of this month. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to go. Um, as I said, I like Blade Runner, I recommend anyone who hasn't gone to PAX needs to experience this convention right. of how an Australian convention can be on the scale um, of how big it is when you have a town that's behind it, when you have a giant community, you have all the mm. developers, you have so much international attention on this PAX. Um, it's yeah, it's it's just some mm. experience from cosplayers to um tabletop nerds when, when you have a giant hall of just table. Like, it sounds like some of my favorite yeah. memories are literally just playing board games with strangers. It sounds like one of those events where, and I often thought about this with both Comic Con and Supernova. Is for, I could pick a day of the year to Groundhog, you know, just repeat it over and over again. It would be an event like that because mm. there'd be so many different things you could do and learn just in that space of whatever it is eight to ten hours that it's open um you know you could sit there all day just playing tabletop yeah and there'll be like how many different kinds of tabletops yep. going and then you could play hang out with indie devs like the guys that made the game and have them show you how to play it and tell you their story you know or listen to the panels or it just goes on and on and on or yeah. just take photos of all the amazing costumes which is what i usually end up doing mixed in with a few panels but yeah. I do want to touch base on um, what you talked about last episode. Uh, I was Comic Con uh, oh, yeah. as well. I was briefly there for Saturday yep. um, in full cosplay. Yeah, we saw you. What's um, your general thoughts on it, sir? Um, as I said, like um, uh, with RTX, like we're about in the lower mm-hmm. halls of the ICC compared to the big hall that was at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very interesting. Um, I think just traffic-wise, like it was too cramped. Um, mm. What I it. heard is they did book other spaces, but those spaces were pulled from them for other. Um, events. ICC has been known to do this. Um, right. They've um, they pull halls at last minute and stuff. Yep. During RTX, there was um, a Hunger Games ex- exhibition of all the props and stuff right. and all that, and um, they overbooked uh, the the hall for two or three days. Wow! And like it's like they sold tickets to all these people like the last weekend of like Australia Day long weekend. So mm. like a lot of people going to go see it, and it's just like all the trucks rocked up saying, "Yeah, we're here to pick up all the stuff," and they had to refund a lot of people. Um, so yeah, so ICC's got a bit of teething issues at the moment when it comes to still doing administration it, like, um, and stuff. But like the location, mm. like as a cosplayer, the outside balconies, both for photo shoots to relax mm. as well, to get comfortable. Yes. At the top bar, there's like a little bar restaurant that wasn't really packed. There yes. was some deck chairs and stuff, and there was plenty of walls That's a huge for space. photos, escalators up and around the whole balcony, and then mm. you got the park at it's the like bottom the size as of well. Football field, but it's on a roof. Yep. It's, and the backdrops you can see Darling Harbour you can see I took some amazing photos considering I've just got a little point and shoot um, frameless Sony yep. it's not a big SLR but yep. you know it was maybe 10% of my photos I was like wow and people were changing them to make it their profile picture yep. and all that so there was I at least three that. people that did that and you've improved like, that, that to me was like a huge pat on the back just yeah, yeah. you know so. yeah and I'm biased as a cosplayer so it's like, like the cosplay um, repair 
hospital was, and the cosplay photo shoots were right in the back. Mm. So like as a cosplayer to get through the crowds and the halls to either get repaired or to get do a photo shoot with the um, yeah. photographer sessions, that yep. was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember last year it was almost at the entrance to the yeah. left as you came in and at Supernova, I think it was similarly easy to get to. It was yeah. right there at the entrance. Yeah. So that is preferred. Yeah. But yeah, well, they they got to like you know they build into the mainstream audience who are coming in, just like oh yeah, Batman, Superman, I like that stuff. Mm. You know that's why the big center point is you know the giant life size X wing yeah. in the middle of the. Uh, oh, that was cool. Yeah. Couldn't get photos and, and a lot of they were giving cute. out tick um, these like antenna yeah. little head. They gave mask. those for free. The, the yeah. tick antennas, yeah. It was like if at EB Games a few years ago they were giving away their Fallout um, Vault Boy masks. Yeah, um, cool. but yeah, the tick. It's interesting. It looks like a good fun show, but it's only going to be on Amazon or something. Yeah, it's, it's like some... a, yeah. They, they finished the season like it was, just, it was just an Amazon Prime show. It's yeah. only like six episodes. So there's um, two well. shows that I, would, I want to watch that are yeah. on that. There's that and the Grand Tour. Huge fan of the original cartoon series yeah. and the comic. Um, mm. I never. I I think I watched um, the um, like early two thousand TV series, it the Fox good. one. I've heard good things, but I think... The guy that plays the wheelchair character in Family Guy was the main... The Tick, basically. And he's he's been on a few sitcoms, but I mainly know him as, like, the wheelchair dude from the Family Guy. Because that voice is so rich. Yeah, he's voice acting in in, in Venture Boys and... um, Venture Brothers, sorry, and... um, I just remember from Seinfeld. (laughs) I had a hard time believing anyone else could play that role, but the new guy basically seems to channel him a little bit. The big, well-meaning oaf. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I want to watch it, but yeah. I can't because who's going to... We're coming to that issue of now Disney's pulling everything. Who do we subscribe to? Who do you we know, give I've our monthly subscription Stan, dollars to? Foxtel and Netflix. I'm not going to get Amazon well, just for one show. I know so. where one place you can subscribe to. It's called Pirate Bay. Huh. <laughs> if they well, keep taking all the proxy servers now. Um, would you download a car? Come on. Are we going back to the 90s with that cinema advertising, Patrick? That's not in the 90s. That was like mid-2000s. Mid-90s. And all the PC monitors were like these massive monitors. and oh, good Yeah, times. I had like the green bar getting higher and higher. Like, oh. It's not men in black, people. Um, but so we're still waiting for a realistic hacker movie. I think the closest we got was that um, Christian Slater. Uh, Mr. Robot Mr. is the Robot. best show in the yeah. world. I love it. Thank you, Rami Malek. I love you. So hopefully they're doing a new... Even season two? Yeah, why not? (laughs) It's got a a critic. Any Um, yeah, and, um, oh yeah, um, uh, EB Expo was on this weekend. That's right, Gold I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, none of us went, um, no. because <laughs> we were afraid of the sun. Um, no. How did you, how, do you have any feedback from the Beyond Cosplay um, community? About yeah, that? Uh, Todd, or Revan, who's one of the guys up there for us, um, he went and said he could have done it all in one day. Like, I think he went both days, and he, for him, he thought one day would have been enough. Like, it was a little, there wasn't any big new releases that came out before retail. Well, yeah, a lot you know, of people was, have paid, a lot of um, developers Christ. have pulled out. It's a smaller venue. And like, yeah. yeah, I've always believed like the, when it was in Sydney, obviously that five sessions, three days. The amount thing. they charge for those things. Do and they I'd, still charge for half days? Because that's ridiculous. $40 yeah. for half a day. Yeah. 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 And then wow. Six hours to line up. And then half wow. of that time you're just lining up anyway. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. Dude. And then half the venue is just a game, EB game shop. But, um, Pre-order now. Pre-order now. Yeah, uh, Get the greatest deals on your EB Games Expo That's the Sesame Street now. word of the day is yeah. pre-order, pre-order at any EB Expo. Come on, dude. And all the kids lining up for Battlefront. Well, this is like yeah. years prior, but I was there for the cosplay because I knew lining up would be like cancerous for my health. Um, the last one at Sydney was okay because I had that um, big market 
Like they just anyone could come in and they were paying almost nothing to have a store there. So right. that was cool. But that seemed like kind of a last ditch after the thought of like, oh, we need to fill this space. Well, Mo, pretty Mo much had just, a comic store at the EB Expo. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It's cool. But um, Mo's a friend of ours. He runs a shop in Newtown. I don't know if he's still heavily no, financially. Yeah, yeah no, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I walked past it recently. It was like, oh. So it's not, there's nothing there now? It's a va- yeah, it's a vacated. Oh. It'll turn into some hipster cafe. So that's what I mean. That's really sad that Ooh. people aren't buying enough comics. But then guess what? I'm not we'll buying nineteen dollars for so a cheeseburger. Other than, you know, I just couldn't. He was at Collectomania, which is coming up again, but there won't be cosplay this time because it's so full of stalls. There's just no room. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, they've got. Funnily enough, when someone starts stealing things and it does get noticed, they'll go on the PA and say, "We've got a tea leaf in the house." And they've got all these codes for when there's someone uh, who's a bit light-fingered. So it's kind of adorable. But, um, yeah, I, you know, collectomania, it's fun. But it's basically, it's 2 or $3 if you're a kid or a pensioner, and maybe $5 if you're an adult. So it's a really good time. Even if there's no cosplay, you can, uh, there's it's plenty the, of geek it's stuff. It's the Flemington to... markets of, like, comics collectors. Yeah, yeah, it's good fun. Is there any yeah. Britcons in Australia? I'm a huge Lego nut. Oh. I'd love to know well, there was Lego, Lego stuff at Oz Comic Con. They always have like um like a little sh- uh, table showing of like mm. all, all the MOC, um, my my own creation uh, models right. they do of like yeah. epi- epic like you know Batman scenes and Star Wars. Not, we're really not talking nice about the, the sets the sets that people sell like yeah. you know where they they collect their own pieces and make their own things. I'd really love like a full expedition of um yeah. Lego creations. It was a really cool Pokemon um landscape. Yeah, Pokemon landscape and stadium and gyms like and you know cool. it's like that's yeah great. it's like yeah. there's some ridiculous amount of creativity done in, yeah um with those. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, the thing with, what was I saying with Collectomania? Oh, yeah, I nearly bought some comics from Mo, but they were like $40 for a trade paperback. And I just, I don't know, as long as we get too spoiled by Netflix and, you know, all the streaming stuff and paying almost nothing. Yes. And then we're like, this is just another story. Why am I paying so much for it? But I was I was in but, King's Comics um, earlier in the week, yeah. and um, in the in the in the glass one where they have like um, first editions of comic book series and stuff, and like, I noticed they've starting to put like the issue ones of like the new Fifty Two that DC released a couple of years ago, mm. um, and like yeah, it's, this is grade nine point seven and oh, stuff. So and like, this is six hundred dollars. This is twelve hundred. I'm like wow because I have a lot of the first releases. I bought every first edition of each one, and I just sealed it up straight mm. away. I didn't read it. Um, put it up. I'm just like I might be sitting on a pot of gold because yeah. uh, I got like the limited edition covers. Like they only made like a hundred of those covers or something like that. I thought like I well, did... you won't have to put any extra money in your super. That's your super. Right? No, nah, that's my packs money, man. I'm just gonna cash <laughs> in the comics and just like wow. up, upgrade that Airbnb and um yeah, just um just hit the casinos. Jesus. Nice. Um, we'll have to do a banana split run down the packs next year. Oh my that's, god, that'd be yeah. great. Start saving. I'd you. love to go. You will have to start saving because you're a videographer. Why don't you apply for a media pass? You <laughs> have, you're a you, truck driver. Pax, yeah, Pax is very thing. good I, with their media passes. You've got an interesting job, but it doesn't pay a huge amount. I've got a really boring job, but it pays okay. So between us, we can... I mean, the work is know, hard, but, but it pays little, so it works out. Mm. Um, but bow, yeah. Bow, 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 bow. But yeah, they're very good with media passes. Um, um, the Pax group. Uh, yeah, well, we never you have a legit heard website. Back. I like, think you, we, you get a you're doing better than We always there. applied and never heard back. I think we usually were a bit too late. Like they want you to get in early. And oh yeah, no, you got to do it. You got to do it a year it's, early. It's really tough. Yeah. Um, the process, but we went through it this time, and yeah, we got two people down there. Even though she sent 
apparently the application with their names on it and then they came back with a pass for her for, for you know the person we have that Pat just give me a camera I'll yep. be cosplaying as a bag bitch at PAX <laughs> uh, so look out for that and um, yeah it's just like just, just put a camera and I'll just take photos around. That would be an interesting. Although most of the photos will be me at the um, Munich bar right across the the thing, just, yeah, just drinking. Selfies. Yeah, just yeah. glass in the air. Nice. Right. So I don't know. There's not much left to do in Sydney, and someone did ask me if there was a regular small event that they could come to. to Halloween, their... the ultimate cosplay event. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is there anything set up for that? Like parties? Why? Oh yeah, or... just every bar and club and all yeah, that. Yeah, but because I mean... it's like Halloween's on Tuesday. October thirty mm. first. So like it's the weekend before, like a lot of places are doing Saturday party event and that's when like, you know, the normal club and party people are dressing up as right. Oh look, it's all the slutty Disney princesses and it's right. you know, yes yeah. It's you've actually cosplayed have you actually cosplayed on Halloween, like use one of your cosplays to go to like a Halloween party? Yeah. It doesn't work. No. It's like if you think if you think you wear your costume and you know all the all the wear and tear your costume goes through while yeah. going through a convention hall and posing for photos, try and drink and dance in those things, man. Yeah. Like, oh my god, my my Assassin's Creed outfit got destroyed going out for Halloween. Yeah, it's got to it be like, something you're willing to let. I was I was most overdressed and everyone loved it. It's like, wow, this is wow, this is hardcore. Like you know, and stuff. And like, everyone's just wearing like you know a Superman T-shirt and like mm-hmm. you know a red blanket. It's like, yeah, I'm Superman. I'm just like. Ugh. But like, I just want the costumes to be like themes for the occasion. Like I know we have like Final Fantasy costumes and Star Wars costumes, but is it appropriate for Halloween? So like I'd like to wear something. It's not all just monsters now. Yeah, it's no one goes. I know it's not just monsters, monsters and but, like you know it's Hallow's Eve. It's about yeah. um, like a zombified theme, which goes back to the zombie walk that's happening. I think next month. So that's going to be like yeah, it's coming up soon. Our Belmore Park with like zombies and Walking Dead cosplay. Is that a Saturday or a Sunday? Do you know? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure up. it could be a Saturday. Belmore Park. Yeah. It's right across from Central. Right across Central Station. Okay. Yeah. It used to be at Hyde Park, but not yeah. anymore. Um, one time it was out near Newtown. Near Marrickville it started. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that was a different walk. Um, well, you can't do a zombies. walk around Hyde Park. Okay. There, there was, was zombies. When, um, but it wasn't the zombie walk. Uh, what was his name? The guy got, ended up having a stroke. He was there with a bucket on his head. as one of those plants first zombies. That's why I remember <laughs> it was... His, Oh, had the whole, like, flower pot upside yeah, down. Yeah, his name's thing. Alex. Alex Wong, yeah. Yeah. So that was the last time I sort of saw him fully healthy. And yeah. so I, when I remember him, I remember him on that zombie walk, basically. Yeah. Well, you so. can't do a zombie walk in the city anymore due to all the construction because of the light rail. It's mm. like you have to do it in South Sydney now. Um, well, well, this zombie so walk what are they going to do in the Belmore Park? Are they just going to stay in the park? No, no, really no, we're actually going to go and walk around the streets. Well, like, the go. roads are actually blocked off for, for us. Yeah. So uh, it's all pre-planned before. Yeah, it's legit. Oh. Uh, it's done. It's been done last year. Well, I wonder well. if yeah. someone bought it or if it's just him still managing it from Germany. Because I know the kid that, and he was quite young, that ran it was basically moving overseas a couple of years ago and wanted to sell the rights to it. But hopefully, um, yeah, it's in good hands. So yeah. All right. Well, we'll pretty much leave that at that. Uh, yeah, we all it, liked so Blade Runner. We'd love, yeah, see Blade Runner. Pay for Blade Runner. Love Blade Runner. Talk we, about we Blade Runner. Tell people about Blade Runner. Yeah. One person dialed up a notch to eleven out of ten. Um, you know, one's a bit conservative, but one gave a very good review. I would agree with that. Nine point seven. I can't remember your score. Nine point seven. Right. Think. Okay. Yeah, mine's a eight point eight. Uh, I, I don't know if it's like you're so hard to please, aren't you, Vin? Look, I don't know if it's a Citizen Kane classic. That's the what, thing. What movie would you give a ten to? Don't get me started. Like, what's your Citizen oh, Kane? He's, he's going to start criticizing when when I say it. Uh, with Shawshank Redemption. 
But that's yeah. true. Oh, and that's yeah, that, the, the, I, I love Shawshank. That was yeah. the cinematographer Blade Runner. That was his first movie. Shawshank really? Redemption. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. Well oh. then, good. <laughs> yeah, and and Pulp Fiction and other films. But anyway, uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to our special edition Blade Runner review episode. It's been wonderful. My name is Vin. My name is Patrick. My name's David. I'll see you at episode 15. Oh, yeah. And grab some dessert and get the hell out of here. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Braintrust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit braintrustbros.com.